Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are approaching the end of the book of Joshua. We are in chapter 22 today, and we discuss some very serious issues of accusations and disunity in the people of God, and all revolving around an altar that should or should not have been constructed by the people on the east side of the Jordan. And we discuss some other issues and how this relates to where we are as a people in today's day and age. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Burns. I'm Becky Clark. Join us as we go deeper in just a second. Okay, so there's something that I need to clear up before we really get started, and my wife has made a comment a few times that she says, it looks like we're green screened. And so, for the people that are watching out there, Marie is going to go (laughs) grab a book. Does it really look that way? So, to prove to the viewers at home... That we are not green screens. <laughs> not. We actually are in the church library here, and we do have a large collection of books behind us. We do. <laughs> and so that should clear that little thing up. Yep. That, uh, was that, really a, that was really a thing? That was, that was really a thing. No, we, we have here. tons of these books. books. Does the background of the library really look that bad that it looks Kitty fake? <laughs> no, it's, it's that it looks so good and real that yeah. I must apparently be really good at doing green screen in post-production. Well, I'm so. very impressed with you. Yeah. <laughs> these, we are in the real library. We are. Of the church. In the library, and yeah. let's... Uh, for those of y'all who are only with listening, books, with books that we do use, well, I don't use any of these. I don't even know what's on I this can't side. Use most of them because people have borrowed them and don't bring them back. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but the ones that are here, when we need them, we do use them. Well, I don't use these encyclopedia things. Encyclopedia Britannica. Is that? Yeah, I don't. That's- they're really Probably pretty. Kind of old. But yes, we have lots of books in here. They, they're <laughs> this is only one portion of the real. library. Too. Yes. We've got a whole other room here. And it's the church library that people can use. That's right. Other people so can if, use. If you happen to be in mm-hmm. Ruston mm-hmm. and want to come check out the church library. Mm-hmm. No, read some books from it. Read some books. Except for these. Don't take don't, these. Don't take these. Don't take these. If <laughs> 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 you don't need them all, going to be gone. Bring them back. Yeah, bring them back. <laughs> all right. So... Kicking off the actual meat of today, Marie actually gave us some homework, <laughs> and uh, she, you know, made us prepare a little bit, didn't she, Becky? She did. And so, at, at that, I'm going to let Marie lay it down at okay. this point. So we're only talking about one chapter this week. We're slowing way down, and I can't believe this is almost over. No, how did we? Wow. Anyway. Um, so this week is the Eastern Tribes, the Transjordanian cri- tribes, mm-hmm. uh, are returning home. The The conquest is finished. The land distribution is finished. They don't get to actually leave until it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And now these men can go home. Um, their families are already over there. 
their livestock is there. Their their settling of that land began without them. And so now they can go home. And you've got this really, uh, it starts out really nice about Joshua saying, you've done what you said you would do. Go with God and don't forget. And the homework I gave y'all is because some of the commentaries I came across that I have I've really liked up to this point, and I still like them, have tripped me up on something. So here's my question. When God promised the land, what were the borders? That's the question. From the Wadi of Egypt to up the Mediterranean Sea Mm -hmm. to the mountains of Lebanon Lebanon. to the west, what was it? Do you remember? I'd have to look at a map. Well, you just said him. That was south. I'm sorry, not west, east. My bad. What was the eastern border? Excuse me. Hmm. I don't know. All the way out. It was a big body of water. Oh, was it all the way out to the river Euphrates? Which is right. So this is this is why I asked y'all look at that. So go back to Genesis. All right. We're turning to Genesis. Tell us what. I think it's 15, 14 or 15. Okay. Excuse us while we find our places. Genesis. That's why I said what he said to Abram and Moses. I read this one. Okay. God's promise to Abraham. Okay. Abram. Wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, right? Chapter Genesis 15, verse 18 and 19. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Right. Wait, 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 wait. I need a I need a map of where you I need is. a much bigger map. Let's right. See. Hang okay. On. It's a wait, big swath on. of land, right? Euphrates is up at the top. It was just the top, as right? big on the east side of the Jordan. It starts up north and it curves all the right. way down the eastern side of the desert. No, I mean, I knew that they got a lot of desert land that they would not necessarily have settled because who's going to settle in the desert area? But but they get desert land. The Euphrates is still there today, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so here's my question. Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Uh were they in the promised land? Oh, yeah. So you say that so quickly. Do you agree, Becky? Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh on the east side of the Jordan, were they in the promised land? Well, if Scripture tells us that God had promised all the way down through the Euphrates, then yes, they're in a portion of it. Mm-hmm. A small I portion of it. kept coming across commentators who said they were living outside of the promised land. Well, I mean... And that that's part of the problem. That's why I was, like, hung up on this, is part of the problem... So, this the way this story goes is that when they were headed home, they stop and they build right. a replica, which I like the way, I like the way our, our author lays it out. You find out information as the Western tribe finds out information. So, we just know there's an altar and they're upset... They muster an army, and then they say, wait, before you march, let's go ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when the eastern tribes, says, tribes say, whoa, whoa, no, no, this is to serve as a reminder just as much for you, that even though we're over here, we're still part of 
the nation of Israel. And what some of several commentators who I've really enjoyed up to this point, and I still do, they are hung up on part of the problem with them being over there is that they are living outside of the promised land. And therefore, some of them will go so far saying living in sin and being selfish Mm. by being over there and not in the promised land. But they're in the promised land. Okay, so what's the the chapter again where they actually take the land, they go to Moses and ask for the land? That's Mm -hmm. in, that's in, I see, I can't remember. I don't have my notes with me that have, has that actually written down. Okay, so I just looked... And, and verify because I thought what I was looking at was correct. The Euphrates River, if that's supposed to be the eastern border, mm-hmm. that goes all the way to modern day Iraq. Yeah, it's quite a large cut. It's a huge swath <laughs> of land. Now, it does hook all the way to the north. Yeah. So, how much of the river Euphrates is their border is the question. I mean, it's not wildly clear. Um, I can't remember. Off the top of my well, head. Well, the, the Euphrates kind of comes Becky. around to the north, and I'm not looking at the right uh, terrain map. Let's see. Let's look at a satellite view okay. here. Hold on. Is it so, 25, maybe? The Euphrates, the mountains no, of Lebanon. 32. It's numbers 32 is where they go to Moses and yeah. ask for the land. And the mountains of Lebanon kind of go through the, the northern part of Syria, mm-hmm. if I'm looking at my map correct. Please correct me if I'm wrong, you people out there who are smarter than me. <laughs> and so, yeah, you've got the Euphrates River, which goes all the way down to the Persian Gulf. From It, it starts in Syria, and it travels, it winds its way down the, through the middle of Iraq, basically, I mean, and just looking at modern-day Iraq Mm -hmm. on a map, it Mm -hmm. is lush and green and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, most of this is desert and wasteland and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a huge chunk of land. It just really tripped me up when some of them were saying that they they had made a selfish choice to stay on the eastern side of the river. And I thought, really? That, I mean, there was some heavy-handed wording in some mm -hmm. of these commentaries. Okay, well, so here's my argument. I'm reading, I'm reading through chapter 32. Numbers 32. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Numbers okay. 32. This is where Reuben, Gad, and half Manasseh go to Moses and say, or no, just Reuben and Gad. Yes, Reuben and Gad. And they say they've got a lot of, a lot one of, of them, huge amount of livestock. Mm-hmm. This is a great place. Can they go ahead and stop? Mm-hmm. And um, so the conditions of the land... Uh, For livestock, towns and children, this is what they're saying to Moses. Mm-hmm. We'll eagerly fight in front of the Israelites, because that's what Moses says to them as soon as they yeah. come to land. And they come, it's like they come back <clears throat> and, and talk to him again. We won't return to our homes until each of the Israelites take possession of his property. We won't inherit land with them there across the Jordan, because we've received our property on the east side of the Jordan. Um Moses comes back and says, okay, do that. All of you who are equipped for war cross the Jordan before the Lord. Um, blah, 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 blah. And if you don't do this, you've soon sinned against the Lord. Know that your sin will find you. And so they say, okay, we'll do as you command. Um, okay. I'm sure there's more. But what I the argument that I guess I would bring to the table would be okay. that... 
let's just say for a minute that it wasn't necessarily considered to be the promised land. Okay. It was not, it was not in the original plan. Okay. With God. But God approves for them to take the land. Yes. So, in that regard, wouldn't we then say it becomes, it becomes promised land? God has given them permission to live there. God said it's okay for them to take the land. Mm-hmm. So, because God has granted them the land, mm-hmm. they are not sinning by settling there. I agree. So, your commentators, whether right or wrong, of if it was promised land or not promised land before they took it, I would argue that their argument of they are already living in sin would be incorrect. Mm-hmm. God gave them that land. Yeah, mm-hmm. Moses conquered that land. That's where I was like, I right. mean, hello, it wasn't even Joshua. It was Moses, and we know all know the yeah. pedestal that he's up on. And go- Moses could not have given them permission to, to settle in that land mm-hmm. without God saying yeah. that it was okay. Right. And in this conversation, it doesn't, I mean, it's not like there's... God doesn't seem to be in chapter 32. Um, it's not like necessarily like his voice is really mentioned. It really is the tribes, the Reubenites and Gadites who come to Moses and they have this conversation. But I don't feel like Moses would have ever made that decision without consulting the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. Because he would have been probably punished for that. He would have, there would have been consequences for right. it. So, <clears throat> God granted them that land. So, it's not a sinful piece of land. Yeah. Now, I think some of the concern, because I, what you said, Moses said that they could go, but to be careful living over there. There yes. was something about that. And uh, I think... Um, no, they need to have, they, they need to live in fortified cities because of the land's inhabitants, is what, mm-hmm. is what Scripture says in chapter 32 of Numbers. Moses says that to him. There's some concern that there's going to be disconnect. Mm-hmm. Because you do have a river running right in between right. the two. And even though we know that in some places along the Jordan River, it's pretty passable, especially yeah. at certain times of the year. There's still quite a ditch running in between them that does create something of a separation. And there, there's concern there. I mean, I think even Joshua says to them... Um, in verse in chapter twenty two, verse five of Joshua, he says to them, "When it's time to go, but be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commands, to hold fast to Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul." I I think it had part to do that you're going to be. Even though they're Separated. not all that far distance-wise, there is definitely a separation running in between them. Mm-hmm. And the t- in the, the Ark of the Covenant, the place for sacrifice, you do have to make a trip mm-hmm. and cross a body of water to get there. Mm-hmm. So They have the most clear boundaries mm-hmm. than any of the other uh, tribes. Because mm-hmm. we've had this conversation of like, there's some muddy waters of boundaries Mm-hmm. And some yeah. cities are kind of getting shared by a few tribes. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, we felt like one of the reasons that that was the case is because um, God is making the statement of like, you may have this, 
piece of land as your inheritance, but you are still one nation. And when you, with kind of blurred lines and shared cities, it helps you to keep that in focus. Well, that Jordan River is that, it's a very distinct cutoff space. Mm -hmm. And um, they have very distinct, well, even though on their side, some, the, there's a refuge city that Mm -hmm. sits and is a little bit kind of Mm -hmm. hazy about who, Whose land. Whose land that is. So between the two and a half of them, they've got a little bit hazy, but they've got a very clear borderline that yeah. it would make sense that Joshua is warning them, you will feel like you're in your own space, in your own land because of that distinct mm-hmm. separation. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Yeah. And I think for them, there was that concern that because of that border, someday the time would come when they... Western tribes would not remember them. Kind of, kind of reminds you of uh, when the when God's people were in Egypt, and um, after Joseph has died, a, a new Pharaoh rises up that did not know him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when everything starts to really go, really go downhill for God's people in Egypt. And so they're they're concerned about reaching the point where the West Western tribes do not remember them as being mm-hmm. a part of the promise and because of that. And so I see the place for concern, but to say that the Jordan River is the division, the dividing line, and that they're not, a, they're living in sin essentially by being over there. They're living outside of the promised land and being selfish just felt very over the top for me. When we have read Genesis and said, wow, River Euphrates goes all the mm-hmm. way over mm-hmm. way far mm-hmm. east. Mm-hmm. And also and says so the rivers be. of Egypt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we've already argued and agreed that the people don't ever take all of the land. Mm-mm. Right. They, they don't, I mean, they don't even conquer all of their own inheritance. Mm-hmm. Right. Most of them. So, they're all kind of living in sin. Mm. Because they were not obedient to what God had commanded. And because of their disobedience, they never even got to get a taste of taking the rest of the land. The the rest they got was nothing like what they were probably promised. Mm -hmm. I just go back to, to me, if it was not intentionally the land to begin with, God give the, gave them the land. He didn't say it wasn't okay. And and to dispel their selfishness, potential selfishness, which I could see a leaning for that. Hey, we like this land. Let's just go ahead and take the land. Yeah. You know, so we don't have to continue on. Mm-hmm. But that is fixed by Moses saying, you can have this land. But when it's time to take the rest of the land... You have to come along. Because scripture even tells us in Numbers 32, towards the end, before they even got anywhere near crossing the Jordan, these two and a half tribes started building cities. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they were settled before they they crossed the Jordan and take the land. But the agreement was, you have to come. You have Mm -hmm. to leave your families. Mm -hmm. You leave all your livestock pretty unprotected. Right. And... um, Come to help us take the rest of the land. Right. So they could not have leaned into their selfishness. Mm-hmm. And is it really selfish to want to leave your family in established cities and make sure that they're well taken care of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. It's that's just 
like I care about my family. Yeah, being a good spouse. <laughs> right. right. Want to make sure your wife and your children are give are, them every opportunity. Yeah. To be protected right. while you're gone, yeah. and they're gone for a, a long amount of time. Yeah. So. It seems like selflessness to me. Mm-hmm. And they were for a long time. And we don't know anything about what potentially in the time of the taking the promised land, what could have happened on the eastern side. Mm-mm. Could have there been fights for those pieces of land yeah, while the people of God. Yeah. Or did God protect those two and a half tribes mm-hmm. because they were faithful yeah. to to mm-hmm. in, enter into the covenant and fulfill their portion of that covenant of land taking that he protected those two. Mm-hmm. Na- we don't know that. We don't. We have no record that there was ever a problem or not a problem. Yeah. yeah. So that one just, that was one of those things that a couple of commentators kept coming back to and like basing their entire argument for the argument that happens on that, that, that the, the Eastern tribes were in the wrong all along even though when it came time to have the discussion about the altar, it's not a it's not an it's not an altar for sacrifice. It's a replica mm-hmm. to serve as a reminder. And it must yeah. have been rather imposing. And well, scripture says it's like a altar of imposing size. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's what mine, so, yeah. mine says. So So did attention. they did they argue then that they should have never built an altar? In that yes, some of them said that they're not really sure were the eastern western tribes supposed to walk over and look at it periodically? Like what was the purpose? What it, mm-hmm. the purpose is to be a witness, which by the way, that word has to do with covenant witness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they name the altar as a a witness to the covenant between us that we are yeah. still one nation even one, though we're yeah. over here. Mm-hmm. So Yes, they kind of question: Was there really a need for that? Because they were in a, they had already settled in what the these commentators have determined as the sinful place. Mm-hmm. So, were the people supposed to move to the other side of the Jordan? Then was that what they were supposed to do? Mm-hmm. They should have gone across the Jordan and lived with the rest of them. Did and allow the Jordan River to be the eastern border of all of the promised land. But those commentators didn't make that argument when we first introduced them in the beginning of Genesis to right. talk about the fact that those two and a half tribes needed to come over and fulfill their part. It's coming up now in Joshua. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, well, you know as well as I do that different when you have a series of commentaries like that one back there, those mm-hmm. back there, somebody writes Genesis, somebody else writes Joshua. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same people, yeah. and yeah. you definitely get differing interpretations. Which sometimes can be frustrating. That's, it can be. That's why you got to read them carefully and weigh the Read thoughts. more than one. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just it just makes me feel like they don't <laughs> they're just creating an issue that doesn't seem to be an issue within this chapter they it would this what what is apparently talked about in chapter 22 is just not enough mm-hmm. and uh-huh. so they needed to add and stretch it out and add more and add more of a problem I mean see I'm smart because I think this. Again, I mean, maybe they were, maybe it wasn't considered part of the promised land, but I, God wouldn't have let him take it and settle there. Yeah. I just don't think that that's, and everything that we've 
read about God and the importance of the promised land and settling in the promised land to become one nation, I don't think you would have let them settle outside of the promised land. Two not, and a half tries. At least not without making a big deal about it. Right. And that, that never happened. It seems like God would have said, you need to understand what you're... Because, you're, mm-hmm. you know, God will... If you're determined to live in sin, God's not going to stop you. Yeah. He's going mean, to allow true. you that. But it seems like he would have issued some kind of warning of... I mean, there was the warning of make sure you follow the way. But it was never... Now, understand, guys... You have chosen to be outside of the mm-hmm. promise. But so, no, that's... There was nothing like that. But No, yeah. Um, if you're reading it, the, the first part of the chapter is pretty clear. Joshua is sending them back, saying, go, go back to your tents, mm-hmm. go back to your lands that the Lord gave you. Yeah, I so don't, I mean, the Lord is not going to give... Something that is not the promised land. I mean, I, if I agree. if the Lord gives it inherently, that means it's part of the promised land because I, it's part of the promise. Even if it hadn't <laughs> been the, in the original, is what you mean. Even if it yeah. hadn't been in the original borders. But when 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 you're talking about property lines, mm-hmm. you do try to go find the oldest declaration of mm-hmm. what lines were and then you start looking to see if any land was sold so you want to know where you began and when we're, where we begin is with abram we're not even abraham yet yeah and god says river euphrates yeah and to me because the river euphrates runs mostly north to south mm-hmm. it cuts along that eastern swath of land yeah i don't know and I also do find it interesting that, that Joshua told them to to go back to their tents, return to your tents with blessed. great riches. Well blessed. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, he puts a blessing over yeah. them. Uh-huh. He gives them a warning and a blessing. Mm-hmm. And Which you should. That's, that's right. part of covenant, yeah. too. To yeah. sure. he just They had a covenant renewal, essentially, uh-huh. at that yeah. moment. Here are your blessings. Here are your curses, it's, essentially. It's, you said it perfectly, Becky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We, we see all these little covenants and we don't think anything of them, but it, it is, again, just another occurrence of that very familiar uh, contract of the mm-hmm. time. You know, here's the warning, here's the blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess to be fair... You're trying so hard to be devil's advocate. I well, yes. <laughs> it's just not working real to, well. To be fair, we have not spent a lot of time studying Numbers and Deuteronomy mm-hmm. and Exodus. Yeah. So, for the things that we have read, it seems quite clear to us. Maybe there's something else that we have not read. But I, your your commentaries would have probably pointed a, to a particular place, right? Well, they pointed to Numbers thirty-two. And that's what yeah. right. it seems clear. Yeah, and mine yeah. does too. Bless them all. Pray for them commentators. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's where uh, being a, I don't know, an armchair or backseat theologian, mm-hmm. I look at these commentators who have way more education than I have, way more study of the Hebrew language, the Greek language. I have none of those things. Mm-hmm. I am just your average, everyday Marie, reading through this stuff going, that feels Right? I mean, not that I want to go with my, my feelings, not that. Right. It's just you read and then you pray and you discern, okay, God, where does this line up? And it's not to say I get it right every time, but 
There are certainly some of these commentators where it's like, y'all are just trying to fill a chapter now, aren't you? Like, it just feels like we're reaching way too far. And some commentators get hung up on some things that's just, I don't get it. I don't understand why we're hung up on this thing. And and I'm not necessarily talking about this particular topic that we're discussing right now, but just along the way, because there's another aspect of this that some commentators were way hung up on. And then another commentator will say, some will be hung up on this. And I say, (laughs) no, and this instead. It's just like, I mean, there's lots of opinions out there. And I'm just an average girl trying to make sense of it all and find God in the midst of it. (laughs) And the thread of grace in Jesus Christ from the beginning. Right. That's, That's all I'm trying to do. And in the midst of it, I say, so what do you do with all of that? Well... I see a people group struggling to live in unity. Mm-hmm. And then I look around the world today since election day was yesterday at the time we're recording this. Yeah. yeah. And I see disunity all over the place. And I see in the midst of the altar when they came to an agreement there was this beautiful celebration that happened mm-hmm. when they realized we all still call Yahweh the one God. Mm-hmm. We may differ on other things, but this is truth and the celebration that came out of that mm-hmm. should be an example to us today. Right. Of Okay, we differ on a lot of things, and some of them are political, and some of them are faith-based. Mm-hmm. But if we can, as my husband says, look at the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. and agree, mm-hmm. then we have common ground, and can we not celebrate that? Mm-hmm. Right. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, yeah. Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin. Yeah. Well, you know, to... To back up before we get to the point of celebration, and because we have mentioned the things that are going on right now within our country specifically, mm. what I find the most fascinating about this story is that the the people go home mm-hmm. and they start to build this altar. And then the rest of the people are on the outskirts and they automatically think the worst of this group of people who just fought alongside mm-hmm. them. Right. They, they, I mean, they do the right thing in the end of like, hey, before we actually have civil war. Because they, mm-hmm. they had an army yes. ready to go. And they just settled the land. Like, literally just settled the land. And, mm-hmm. and I don't imagine that they've really had a lot of time to enjoy it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong based upon the amount of time we have. But it doesn't seem to me that they've had a ton of time just to enjoy it. And already we're at a place of potential civil war they just forget so quickly that this group of people just fought alongside them for them to be able to settle in this land and and not only that but those people sacrificed by leaving their whole families kind of unprotected for the amount of time mm-hmm. that they couldn't go back it's yeah. not like i could take a week, weekend trip right. to go right. check on my family kind of thing leave. right you don't get leave so they were so quick just to think the worst Mm-hmm. of each other you want to know what's amusing yes that's where some of the commentators got hung up of how awful that they automatically assume the worst and then another commentator right the next book i read was like some people get hung up on this mm-hmm. but no i say to you should we all have that kind of zeal for the lord that if we see an egregious sin we better take up arms went like the absolute opposite direction. like huh. said absolute i mean yes go have the discussion but yes. have the zeal for the lord that you mm-hmm. take up arms and say we're going to squash this right now 
Well, it's but, fascinating, and said that, and said that we should not get hung up on what exactly what we were just, what you're mm-hmm. just talking about. Uh-huh. That, that we shouldn't be hung up on whether or not they sent somebody to have the discussion first. You see a false altar, and you go knock it down and wipe these people out immediately because. But it wasn't a false altar. It That's wasn't. Right. It wasn't. But should we all have that kind of zeal for the Lord? And so their their argument was. Think back to Achan uh-huh. and his sin and how it affected the entire community yeah. and yes. indeed impacted the war, the battles, um, and how after he had done that and the Israelites lost that next battle, that's when all the other people in the land started raising up saying, we can take them. We can yeah. take these Israelites. They're not in, you know, invincible. Mm-hmm. So... He points to the sin and how for the Israelites, it had become very clear to them going all the way back to the Moabite women before they even crossed the Jordan and the false worship, Mm -hmm. that they were very aware that the sin affects the entirety of the community. The sin of one hurts everyone Mm -hmm. in a big way. And so they knew if this is a false altar for sacrifice, tomorrow we'll all be dead. But it's hypocritical. But but they're being but aren't they being hypocritical though? Because we're also talking about groups of people who didn't take all the land that they were supposed to take. <laughs> well, they absolutely, didn't, they didn't defeat well, all the that, groups of people that they that were supposed moment. to take all their land. <laughs> but Becky, in that moment, they weren't less they weren't lazy yet. <laughs> they were still they still had just cast lots. These guys had just gotten to the border and erected this altar, and they hadn't realized that they were going to be hypocrites yet. Uh, they weren't there yet. They hadn't had a chance to become lazy yet. Well, and and I will say that you know we 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 are constantly looking for that thread that runs Old Testament to New Testament. And yes, bring us Jesus. Jesus. Well, I will say that it it actually is a responsible thing for for the people to yes be prepared for battle because mm-hmm. we should always be prepared. Uh, it for battle, battle. I'm mm-hmm. using quotes here uh, for the sake of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But we also are called to be responsible because Jesus tells us that if we see a sin in somebody else, mm-hmm. take two or three mm-hmm. and confront them with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I think that's part to keep the people who are accusing accountable and. To keep the the person who is accused mm-hmm. accountable, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what they're doing here. Jesus mm-hmm. is using a model that was already existing, yeah, going all the way back to here, and probably appears in other places too. Mm-hmm. Said, go and find out what's going on, mm-hmm. confront your brother who you see is in sin, mm-hmm. or sister, brother, mm-hmm. sister, whatever. I'm trying to be inclusive here, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so. This is a really good example. It, I actually like what they're doing here. They're ready. Mm-mm. They're mm-hmm. ready to take action if action is necessary. Yeah. But they go with a spirit of peace mm-hmm. originally, initially. Well, initially they were going to go to war. And then they said, we better send somebody. And when the somebodies mm-hmm. got there, they yeah. were pointing the finger, not asking the question. Yeah. It was, how could you do this? Accusatory. Yeah. It was yeah. very accusatory. accusatory. Yeah. And it was... And it was it almost looks like a betrayal. Like, a, how could you do this? Mm-hmm. So, 
I would certainly hope if somebody hears that I have said something, you know me well enough that you would say, that doesn't sound like her. Mm-hmm. Let's go ask the question instead of saying, how could you say that? Or how could you do that? Instead, ask me, did you really say that? Or did you really do that? If, if you know me mm-hmm. and we are sisters and brothers and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. would you not approach me with the question and give me the opportunity to be innocent? That's my only argument is, yeah. is that these people have fought side by side yeah. and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I don't disagree with Kyle in regard to what he's saying about ready to take care of the situation if it yeah. needs to be taken care of. And I agree with you. They've learned their lesson. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe their memory is about five minutes long. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very selective. Uh, they've selected, to, they've selected <laughs> yes. to remember this moment from past moments and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I do think they did the right thing by sending people. Mm-hmm. I agree with you as well that I think they came in very accusatory instead of remembering the relationship that they have as one Mm -hmm. full tribe of people under the banner of God here um, as their sovereign Lord and, and came in very accusatory instead of there's, there's uh, interesting dynamics here, but I also am like, but you're being, I think you are being a little bit hypocritical (laughs) and, and your, your anger Mm -hmm. because you also have, potentially some issues that you are not looking at. Deal with the speck in your own eye or the plank in your own eye before dealing with the speck in your brothers. Although Mm -hmm. if they had been erecting a false altar, sure. That's a pretty big plank. That that would be a pretty serious issue. It's good that they went and, and had the discussion. Yes. I wish it would have been a question instead of an accusation, Mm -hmm. but I mean, well, but at least they didn't so, all have all-out civil war and then ask the question. Yeah. Be like, oops. <laughs> you know, we, that was our bad. So, I don't have the answer. What is the implication if this is being assembled, the book of Joshua, if it's being assembled during the time of the exile? Although I did read one person who specifically said they felt like it was being assembled during the time of the judges after everything had really gone to heck in a handbasket, mm-hmm. that their argument was it was assembled then for mm. the same reasons as in exile. But so, mm-hmm. whichever time it was, looking at this story of unification and almost complete disunity and civil war, mm-hmm. what are our implications then? Well, so here, exile? okay, so if the author is telling the story and at the time of exile, you know, it had already happened before exile. Is that a king had erected a uh, false mm-hmm. space of worship mm-hmm. for his convenience? See? Yes, yeah. for his convenience. What was this Jeroboam? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. To keep and the that was apart. that mm-hmm. was one of the main reasons eventually that the people go into exile. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting then to say, you know, this is the reason we are in exile. One of the main reasons we are in exile is because. Jeroboam chose to create a false site mm-hmm. yeah. for the worship of kind of the worship of Yahweh, but really for the worship of, and yeah. when they mention like, haven't we had enough of the sin of Peor right here in chapter, in verse 17 of Joshua chapter 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're mentioning this idea of, I mean, we've, 
we can't mix this with other gods. There's already, haven't we had all these other problems? And mm-hmm. we mixed gods in when we created a site that was supposed to be just dedicated to Yahweh, but it, it quickly devolved into mm-hmm. other things. We should have learned our lesson. So this is like, well, that didn't necessarily happen. Mm-hmm on the eastern side but it could have happened and maybe it was a foreshadowing of what eventually happens mm-hmm. and when yeah. that happens it's really it was the huge destruction for the people right. of god we lost land i mean we <laughs> lost we huge, lost 10 tribes yes uh-huh. we lost the huge portion of the inheritance that we hadn't even fully taken then anyway but at that point we had more of it than we did have thanks to david and solomon but mm-hmm. even I, then it was not I do lead more and more towards the potential that the book of Joshua was written during the time of exile. Like, was written down. Right. It it was told told. orally. Right, right, right. For years and years and years and years. But finally recorded Mm -hmm. for a specific audience to hear again in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. Does it make it any less factual? I'm not, I'm not. I agree. I'm not 100% that that's when it was finally written Mm -hmm. down, but Mm -hmm. I can see the positives of that time. And and to me, the author of Joshua is still kind of a a hazy answer. You didn't get to answer Marie's question. I'm sorry. I took over when your question about... I was just asking, what are the implications? If this was written in the time of exile, the story of disunity and... But ultimately, unity, if once you get to the end of the... I mean, the the, the story ends well, very well. Yeah. But the, the implications are, for us, if this was written in the time of exile, maybe we should take a little bit of a lesson from this and learn our own history as well. Indeed. Because the... I hate using cliches, but man, if you don't know your history, you're going to repeat it. And so if you're not familiar with what happened to the people in the past because of their actions, you're going to make the same mistakes that they made. And golly, we right now are forgetting and just ignoring so much history Mm -hmm. because we want to make it comfortable for people. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not the way my God works. Because God calls me to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with things. He doesn't want me to be comfortable Mm -hmm. in my faith because as soon as I get comfortable, I stop growing. I stop thinking. I stop processing. Mm -hmm. And and so, if this is written in the time of exile, then somebody is saying, y'all, we need to remember. We need to remember what happens. Well, and remember how they ended. Yeah. Which was celebration. Which was, Mm -hmm. oh, wait. We can work this and be, we can mm-hmm. be unified. We can work through this situation. Mm-hmm. We can celebrate what you're trying to do, which is to remember and mm-hmm. make sure we remember right. that we are one people. Mm-hmm. And then we will worship in the, in the end mm-hmm. and, yeah. be, and be more unified mm-hmm. than we were before. Right. Um, have a better relationship than we did. And I have to admit, like, that is honestly my prayer about things that are going on in our country right now mm-hmm. is that yeah. maybe we end the way that the people in Joshua, the book of Joshua end. I mean, that seems kind of cra- like a crazy idea, mm-hmm. but man, God can do anything, Absolutely. you know? So, but it didn't happen in the exile. 
I mean, it didn't happen when the the nation split in half. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the the end. Mm-hmm. You know, with Jeroboam building the false altar at Dan and Bethel, I, mm-hmm. I, I forgot about Bethel. We've been talking about Dan up north, but Bethel too. His whole goal was to keep the disunity that mm-hmm. had happened. He saw a chance for the people to come back together and remember what it was like to be one nation. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to lose his power. And if you can't see the overlay in our world today, yeah. then you need to open your eyes. Yeah. And it's it's not a single king. It's a, well, I won't go grab my tinfoil hat. But there's there is definitely... Groups at work that seek to keep us disjointed and oh, disunified. Absolutely. And if we were to come together in Christian love and remember mm-hmm. what it's mm-hmm. like to be a people of God, all together unified, regardless of our differences, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and what great things we could do. Yeah. The 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 troubling thing is. Uh, to me, in in today's day and age, we can talk. You know, the, it's very clear to see that we have division in our politics uh, because that's just that's part of life. Yeah, you know, and that's not going to go away. But the thing that saddens me the most is our division in theology, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. forgotten. I think that God is God, and I am not. Mm. And so we start worshiping at the altar of our theology instead of worshiping at the altar of God. That's good, Carl. Because when I put my theology and how I feel about God Mm -hmm. ahead of my relationship with God, Mm -hmm. then I'm I'm running a really strong risk of losing everything that God wants in my life and how he wants to interact with me in my life because I have now replaced yeah. my pursuit of him with my pursuit of knowledge of him, mm-hmm. which doesn't do you any good without the relationship. Absolutely. Well, and that's why the, <clears throat> you know, we mentioned the country, but really the local church is divided. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe almost every local church, to some degree, is divided or will be divided at some point. And the shame for us as Christ followers is that we are struggling to be unified. Mm-hmm. And you're right the the seeking of theology, the seeking of knowledge, and I think knowledge is very important. Mm-hmm. John Wesley talks about. Well, he didn't create the quadrilateral. He created the ideas of, and then somebody created the quadrilateral. Right. But, I mean, I think there is a very big balance of your knowledge. I think there's a very big balance of your uh, your um, experiences and of tradition. And quadrilateral has three. With the fourth, but I don't think people count it correctly. Right. Scripture is the base to me because it is the story of the people of God that help us to understand who God has been in the past and the consistency of who he is now and will be. If you do not spend time within Scripture, then how will you know those things to then take your experience and your knowledge and all that kind of stuff to help continue to shape who God is? But you need community. And 
we have to be a unified community. Yeah. We're not. We're and people do. They seek knowledge. And what they unfortunately seek knowledge to do is people just seek more and more knowledge to continue to attack. People approach mm-hmm. the Bible especially uh to confirm. Yeah. Instead of we should always, always be approaching our Bible in order to change us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I, I say this to myself, because I don't do this. Every time you open your Bible, you should say a quick prayer of more of you, less of me. Yeah. You should always be approaching your Bible with the right mm-hmm. disposition of, I'm not going to go in here and find where God agrees with me, right. because then you get into proof texting and all that other oh, yeah. you know, stuff that is mm-hmm. honestly quite sinful, in my opinion. And um, you're not approaching Scripture with the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And then you start tearing down others by misquoting what's in here. I mean, I, let's be honest. If, if that's how we're using Scripture— I could very easily, very easily go through Scripture, pick out, hint, cherry pick a verse, and say, look, see, right here, it says that it's okay for me to go get a mistress. Yeah. And we know very clearly that that is not okay. That was never okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yes, I 100% agree with you, Marie, that, that when we approach Scripture, we have to approach it honestly, mm-hmm. and we have to approach it with a God-seeking heart, not a self-serving heart. Yeah, that's a challenge for all of us. Yeah, I, it's well, you know, to go back to our chapter and our people, um, you know, they they experienced God, and they had some positives and <laughs> negatives in that experience <laughs> from their from their choices, and so. Obviously, I get that they are struggling through what it looks like to be the people of God in this new place and to do the things that they're supposed to do. And they're not going to always get it right. They're they're going to struggle through. And we know as we continue reading the story, there are some places where they <laughs> they get it really, 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 really wrong. Um, but what I know to be true is, is as you continue to read Scripture and the story of God and His people— God is, he is always faithful and gracious. And so he will continue to point himself out to us for the opportunity to choose him and be who we are called to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens in chapter 22, even though it is messy. Mm-hmm. And the it sends us into a place of... We messed up here. We handled some things incorrectly, I think, on both sides, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily think that the Eastern tribes did everything right in regard to mm-hmm. this. I think they were trying to do the right thing yeah. with the potentially the right motive, but didn't think through how it could be perceived. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and so they were, they were mm-hmm. off in that. And so there's there's kind of guilt on both sides mm-hmm. you know and when you see that when you recognize that and then can come back to a place of in the end god is still god and we will we will work harder mm-hmm. yeah. we we will try to do better and we will worship alongside each other there's something very beautiful about that that i 
hope and pray we get back to as a people of God. And I just don't, I don't mean just like in our country or even in our local church. I, I mean, as the people of God within yeah. this world and our mm-hmm. call and our mission. All the people that Jesus died for. Which is everybody. <laughs> yes, which is every one of us. Um, so. There's, the, sorry, what? What was that scripture, the unity and the spirit and the bond of peace? Uh, I don't know, but it's a Charlie Hall song. <laughs> he plagiarized the Bible. Yep. Songwriters are the best plagiarizers. plagiarizers. The Bible is the best place yeah. to go to plagiarize. That's right, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, there, there's a lot of hope here. Uh, so I, I know we've had some pretty weighty <laughs> discussion here. Mm. But, but in all that, there... I take hope because yeah. this is not uncharted territory for us in today's day and age. We we very much have that foundation. You know, even yeah. Jesus said, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And if we build our lives around scripture, uh, it is a firm foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm using all the cliches today. I am so very sorry. <laughs> uh, but but all this is is very I don't know is pertinent. There, there's never going to be a time when this stuff doesn't make sense uh, because if we've been divided and ununified since you know four thousand years ago, then it's not going to be until Jesus comes back. But we can always take hope that we have a roadmap. Yeah. We, we should we, always be striving. Yeah, we should always be striving. So, uh, what's uh, what's on the docket for next week? Next week, we finish the book of Joshua. So, mm-hmm. we, we kind of look at a little bit of the structure of how things will continue to be run as we move toward taking the promised land to actually... The next thing is really to become one nation, one mm-hmm. full nation. And that takes a super long time. Uh, and then we say goodbye to, um, to Joshua. Mm-hmm. And so we'll move on to the next phase of this podcast, which, if you didn't already know, we are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, all those places. Wherever you are finding us, if you would be so kind as to give us a like, a thumbs up, subscribe to that thing. It tells all of the algorithms out there that we do good stuff. And if you like what you're hearing then uh, more people will get to hear it and it will get recommended by more people. So go ahead and do all those things. Subscribe, like, find us again on trinityrustin.org and we will see y'all next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>